In the entire history of mankind, no technology has seen faster adoption than AI. Brands, governments, entrepreneurs, individuals, they're all scrambling to figure out this new world. One person has been following it closely for some time, and his name is Matt Wolf. Today, we welcome Matt to the show to jump into a future that might be the present by the time you hear this episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast, which happens to be episode number 684. Also, you should know. podcast the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious i am back from an extended european vacation we had a couple best of episodes in there which we hope you enjoyed but this is fresh content now sir lord travis they say you need to make more content so like here's some effing content it's fresh i just think there should be a new show called welcome to content this is content i am content with that content i'm really content that we finally got matt wolf to join us now you look we have this other show called the bad ai show but matt is such a leader in uh, is a journalist and covering the ai space and there's definitely overlaps into crypto and nfts and blockchain that we really wanted to bring it to you here on uh, on this show smart dude kind kind dude very open like i very rarely do you see or meet someone who you're like you know, normally when somebody, they do something cool, they figure it out. And I see this all the time, like on Reddit or even on Twitter, where somebody creates something badass, and but then they don't share how they did it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm like, dude, asshole. Like, why don't you show it? Show us how you did it. Like, dude, it's like, it's not rocket science. We just want to know. And they're like, oh, I'm going to tell you my secret super props because I'm not doing it. Like, dick. But Matt Wolf, he's the exact opposite of that, dude. You message him, be like, hey, bro. Like, he didn't even know me from Adam whenever I first messaged him months ago. And I was like, hey, bro, how, dude, you did this thing. It's so cool. How'd you do that? And he's like, oh, well, you did it like this and this and that. And I was like, what? He even gave me a link to, oh, here's a video tutorial on how to do that. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Dude, the dude's so open and awesome and friendly that it was just such a such a joy to even interact with the dude. And now we had him on the show. It was really you, cool. you might say he's so open that Matt Wolf is open AI, sort of, kind of. In a way. So you guys are going to want to stick around because after the interview, we're going to tell you how you can get Matt Wolf's inaugural bad crypto NFT. I don't think he's minted an NFT yet, and we've got one to go along with this episode. It might be the first Matt Wolf NFT ever. Is that what you're saying? It might be. So we're going to tell you how to get that on the other side of this interview with Mr. Matt Wolf. And you're like, hey guys, this is uh, bad crypto, right? What's with the uh, the AI stuff today? Well, you know that Trav and I are on the cutting edge of technology, and we've got our other show, the Bad AI Podcast. But sometimes we feel like, hey, the content we've got is so spectacular, we want to make it front and center to you here in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. And as we're talking about AI, we're excited to welcome to the show today, Mr. Matt Wolf, who has found himself 
just because of his fascination with the AI space with quite a significant audience. He's tracking the space on his YouTube channel at Matt Wolf and with his website, futuretools.io. Matt, welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Good, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. Not every day I get to chat with a sir and a lord, so uh, excited to be here. How about a sir lord? Because we're actually sir- both. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, uh, no disrespect. Get it right, Matt Wolf. <laughs> we demand respect. You have not, you've not used the proper pronouns or titles. <laughs> Travis likes to be referred to as Zer Lord. Oh, sorry, yeah. Zer Lord. <laughs> Actually, what's your whole title, Trav? Uh I, I don't even remember at this point, it was. Uh, but it had because it, it, we we've actually started out being sir, well, lords because we got some land in Scotland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then uh, then we sea land decided to knight us. Yeah. And so they knighted us. Then made us sir lords. But what was really funny was some dude I was having a conversation. He's like, he's from England. He's like, sir lord, it's impossible. You can't be both. I was like, what do you mean you can't be both? He's like, cause one supersedes the other one. It's like I'm a director, but I'm the CEO also. It don't make sense, mate. Like I'm a manager and I'm the director. No, you you're one of the other. Well, no, like, wait okay. a second. You could be CEO and president. I'm CEO and president of my company. So yeah, but you can't be CEO and manager. Stuff it, British guy. <laughs> That's what I say. All this I know is, a bad is title podcast here. I guess. Part of Travis's title is uh, is well earned. He is the most high. So uh, <laughs> that is true. So Matt, Dude, there's, were... a, there's some site. There's some site called the United Church something. I don't even know. It's yeah. Universal something something. I don't even remember. You can get the most ridiculous titles of all time. So I think <laughs> Matt, you need to go get like the super AI guy. Yeah, I, I should. I'll look into that for sure. Just ask Pat GPT to write the most ridiculous, you know, title you can. So, you know, we found ourselves in the crypto space uh, back Mm -hmm. in 2017 and decided to start a show because we were fascinated with it. You found yourself in the AI space. How did that come about? Because you were doing videos on technology in general. Yeah. So I started creating content in 2009. My YouTube channel, I started in in 09 um, and it was all just tech stuff. It was just anything I was interested in for years and years and years. It was mostly about WordPress and WordPress plugins and, you know, how to do Facebook ads and just anything. Digital marketing was really the 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 place that I played in. And then last year in 2022, I started to get into crypto. I started to get into NFTs. Those were the rabbit holes. I started to travel down a little bit because again, anything sort of tech, anything new, anything sort of cutting edge is what I was into. And then somewhere around mid 2022, I really, really started to go down the AI rabbit hole. Um, I came across some videos of people that were sort of changing their face and putting them on cartoons and, you know, face swapping. And then I started to learn about chat GPT when that came out. And so I just it's always been me making videos about the nerdy tech latest thing that I'm excited about. But in mid 2022, when the AI stuff started to pick up in the mainstream. I had already kind of put a few videos on my YouTube channel about AI. People discovered them. One of my videos ended up hitting 1.1 million views because it was just right time, right place, Every the stars aligned. And one of my AI videos just sort of exploded. And I went, I should kind of do more of this. And so ever since then, I've just stuck on creating AI content because that's what's continued to work, honestly. Yeah, I love that. And then, you know, through that discovery of your content, you know, you go out and you see the things that you've been putting together around future tools, which 
I was thinking about this. I was like, oh man, like these. And, and then I saw what you were doing. I was like, yeah, great. I don't need to do that. Okay, perfect. Because <laughs> here it already is. I don't. There's no need for me to try to recreate any wheel. And this platform right here. So this is where I think a lot of folks are going to get some value, not only from your expertise and in, in exploring this stuff, but like what you've compiled here. I think is really fun because. If anytime you're bored, you're like, I got nothing to do. I'm just going to waste some time. Like, no, go on future tools and start playing around with some stuff. You're going to find some really cool tools. I think there was like maybe 300 something tools there when I first saw it. And now what are you up to? 1,700. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you yeah, no, this, bro? It, it's crazy. So this site actually started because I just, as I was coming across cool tools, I was just tossing them into a Google sheet. I literally had a Google sheet on my computer it was bookmarked and whenever i'd come across a cool ai tool i would just toss it in there so i originally you know i had mid journey and i had gpt3 in there and i had stable diffusion and a few like google collabs that i came across that i thought were cool but the spreadsheet as ai started to pick up steam i was adding so much stuff to the spreadsheet that it was getting hard to find anything in the spreadsheet so i actually made this website with a, a site called webflow because it had sort of filters and sorting and so I literally built this site for myself so that I could sort of filter down to the exact tool that I was looking for. And I didn't have to sort of hunt a spreadsheet that I made. That's that's sort of how this started. I took this site, I took and I, I gave the URL on Twitter. I went, hey, this is something I've been working on. It's just something I've been screwed around playing with. And Twitter just exploded it for me. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert Scoble took it. He retweeted it. A bunch of other people in the AI space started retweeting it. Next thing I know, my tweet about this little tool that I made in like, five hours had been spread across Twitter and seen by hundreds of thousands of people. So that's kind of how that started. But to answer the question of where I'm finding all these tools, I mean, it's just, it's just pure immersion, right? I'm, I'm sort of on all the AI newsletters. I'm on Twitter all the time, seeing all this stuff. I'm uh, I, there's a submission form now. So I get about 50 different 50 to hundred submissions every single day, depending on, you know, how wild things are moving in the AI space. So it's it's just a combination of just total immersion and people submitting stuff to me like crazy. You know, that's funny. It's uh, that's kind of the Yahoo story. You know, when <laughs> uh, when David Filo and Jerry Yang started um, Yahoo, it was because they needed a directory for their friends to be able to uh, look at all the sites they were compiling. <laughs> and uh, you get bonus points, Matt, if you know what Yahoo was an acronym for. I don't. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm. I got it. I think I'm close. Okay. Yet another hierarchical something. Close. Yeah. Yet something. another hierarchically organized oracle is uh, is ah. for Yahoo. So uh, you you have learned well, Grasshopper. So yeah, in the early days, I was a web crawler guy. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, ChatGPT has been amazing to watch what's happened with AI. ChatGPT hit a million users in five days. Mm. Like n nothing has ever crossed that million mark. It took like, how long did it take Instagram to, to do it? Like months, 10 months or something like that to get there. Spotify hit 1 million in, in five months. It took Netflix three and a half years to hit 1 million. And I've got a link to an article in the show notes that you guys can check out about this. What is, what do you think this means to society in general that AI has found a, adoption so quickly? 
I mean, I think, honestly, I think it's making a lot of lives easier. I, I, I'm constantly in the mix of it, right? And I hear all these stories of like doom and gloom and everybody worried about it taking their jobs and all of that kind of stuff. And I do think to like, it is going to make some jobs obsolete, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think it's going to make all the jobs that nobody wants to do obsolete. Um, but I think I think it's going to make a lot of jobs easier. Um, you know, some of the, the the biggest complaints I've seen about AI have come from the artist community and the game developer community and some of these communities that have always been sort of like high skill communities. But also the biggest praise that I've seen coming about from AI has come from the people that are the artists in the artist community and the people that are the game developers, right? The people that are are sort of embracing it and learning how to use AI to sort of give them these extra superpowers are the ones that are really, really thriving from it. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of AI artists or a lot of artists that started to implement AI into their art. And those specific artists are the ones that are exploding on Twitter right now. They're exploding on YouTube right now. They're exploding on Instagram right now. Um, a lot of the the game developers that are starting to implement it are, you know, some of the the most anticipated games. I just heard that Grand Theft Auto Six, they're taking they they had like the the police officers originally. They built their own like AI for these police officers, and they decided after seeing the event that Jensen Huang spoke at uh, not too long ago in Taiwan, where he showed off this sort of uh this character that the dialogue would be unique every single time you talk to him because it's using AI behind the scenes. Well, Grand Theft Auto 6 went and decided we're going to scrap our AI system and just implement that. So now when you go and talk to a police officer in GTA 6, it's going to be a complete u- unique conversation. Nobody's going to have the same experience ever when playing Grand Theft Auto 6 because the conversations are going to be generated on the fly. I can't so, wait. That's going to be I amazing. Know, it's exciting. And I actually um, I interviewed the, the founder <laughs> of the tool that built that, Convey, and he gave me a walkthrough of it and... I actually have an early, early demo of the software on my computer and I've played around with it a little bit and it's just, it's, it's mind blowing awesome. what's coming with it. So um, I tend to take the more optimistic, abundant um, philosophy on it that I think this is a good thing for society. I think a lot of bad actors will use it. Don't get me wrong. I think we will see a lot mm-hmm. of scams and spammers and, um, more of those stories where people are spoofing other people's voices and calling loved ones and family members to try to get money out of them. I think we're only going to hear more and more of those stories. But from a like a business standpoint, I think it's a it's a, a overall plus. Honestly, it's really that's really fascinating to kind of think about that with with the police actually. They're no longer really NPCs; they're NPC GPTs, and you can interact <laughs> with them. But what but what everyone wants to know is like. Are you going to be able to communicate with the hookers? Because that's what's really important. <laughs> that is yeah. what everyone truly wants to know. I mean, it's so crazy. And I want to touch base on something you said earlier. It seems to me like AI can augment us in a way to sort. It's almost like having the best brainstorm buddy of all time or a best super assistant because it's like, I think faster than I can do. And then it's like, oh, I got to do this step here. And then I got to do that. And then by the time I get to that next step, I'm like, I'm done. But <laughs> with this, it's like, yeah, I do this. Boom. It's done. Wow. Now I yep. go to the next step. It's like having, it's like, it's like, I've never felt more creative now than I am and more organized because I can take these learnings and these things that I've built, these ideas, churn them out in a way that you could never do in a, previously. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. I've me personally, I've never felt like I've had skill in things like art. Um, but now I can go into mid journey and people are blown away by the stuff that I create, right? I make really mm -hmm. sort of unique thumbnails for my YouTube channel that dude, stand your th out. Thumbnails and are freaking badass. Like I've been sitting there going like, how in the hell does this <laughs> dude do? And then because I could never get the face right. And I, I assume you're doing that in stable diffusion, right? Yep. Yep. Stable diffusion is so I, there's a tool called dream booth where you can train your face into dream booth and then use stable diffusion and replace other people's faces with your face. And so I've actually made tutorials on exactly how I do that, but I've never had that sort of artistic skill and using AI, it's enabled me to do stuff that I never thought I would have the skill to do. I, I built a video game. I have a video game that I created. It's like a platformer game where you jump from platform to platform and there's lava below and you're collecting, you try to collect as many coins as you can without falling in the lava. And yeah. I've never coded in my life. And I, and I have a whole game with pretty decent graphics that they all coded. You can get online. You can play it right now. I put it on, I made it available for anybody to play. I put the code on GitHub and, after I put the code on GitHub, it started getting forked and people started making alternate versions of this game. And to this day, I don't know how to code. Like, I have no idea how the thing's running behind the scenes. This is why, you know, learn to code is no longer a mantra to speak to people who lost their job flipping burgers or baristing <laughs> at Starbucks. It's got to be learn to prompt because yeah, exactly. these are the people that are going to make money. Now, while you were doing that, I went to hey, chat. Let me, add, let, me, let me add to that, Joel. That, that might not even be the case because with some of these super prompt generators, like I watched this one video that Matt had done of like, here's how to create the best prompt. So you can think you're going to say a good little prompt, but you can use chat GPT to create so much better prompts. It's unbelievable. So maybe it's uh learn to sit back and let uh, the bots do everything for you. You know, <laughs> take, take your, uh, your government check, shut up and uh, eat bugs and yeah. like it. I don't know. I, I went to chat GPT and I told it to write a pompous Jeez. title. For Matt Wolf, a YouTuber who creates content in technology and AI space. And, it, and this is what it came up with. The supreme technological oracle, Matt Wolf, the unrivaled guru of AI marvels, guardian of the digital frontier, and commander of the techno-savvy realm. Yeah, I think I'm going to rebrand my YouTube channel to that, actually. Yeah, that sounds there's, good. there's actually a, <laughs> yeah. a whole bunch of those. So Swap up your Twitter bio. <laughs> right. As we're looking at future tools, let, let's just pick out a few things that we can look at that's really caught your attention lately. And uh, mm -hmm. and I want to uh, like let, let's show off something without me ever having seen this tool before. What uh, what should we look at? Um, let's see. So if you click on any one of those buttons there, it'll filter it down by that style. I think some of the most impressive stuff on here is some of the generative video stuff that you can just type prompts and it'll generate video. There's some there really, go. really killer text to speech uh, stuff now. I don't know if you guys have played around with 11 labs at all. Yes. Uh, 11 labs is pretty mind blowing. You can train your own voice into it. You can train anybody's voice into it. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's obviously some ethical issues that can arise from that, but I did make a video where I trained Owen Wilson's voice in there and made a sort of mock Wes Anderson film. Um, that one's pretty mind blowing, but which, which is, is, is model, for example, I'm looking here at model scope text to video. Uh -huh. Is that, does that work pretty good? If I like just type in text, it'll make a video for me of that. Text. That one will work decently. I don't know how fast it is. A lot of the text to video generation is still fairly slow, but mm -hmm. model scope text to video. If I, I, if you're familiar with uh gen two from runway ML, that's yeah. also a text to video tool. 
Um, basically, Great what video, by the way, does. where you were snapping the other day. I, I just watched that last <laughs> night. That's a... Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that was done with actually Gen 1, which is a video really? to video. So Gen yeah, 1 is yeah. video to video. Okay. You upload a video, you give it a prompt, and it will change the video to look like the prompt you give it. Gen 2 is pure text to video. You type whatever you want. It'll generate a video based on that text prompt. So, uh, But what that model scope is that you were just looking at, it's similar to what Gen 2 does, where you can type any text prompt and it'll make a video. The problem with most text to video right now is it only generates between three and four second videos. So the video is almost too short to even get excited about what you're seeing because it's usually just like a little blip on the screen real quick mm -hmm. of whatever you generated and also that model scope all of the data that it's in that's in there was trained on shutterstock data so all of it has ah, a shutterstock okay. watermark across it <laughs> yeah i got a question for you around this because i saw your your uh, summary of the apple event right yeah and uh, we were all watching that i know joel and i've been talking about this for years i was like dude when when Apple comes out with an AR device, this is going to change the game. Now, I really wasn't expecting ski goggles because you can't really <laughs> walk around in ski goggles and look cool. I was kind of you know I was kind of expecting it when the when the form factor gets a little bit smaller, so we can actually you know look through them. And you got lenses, and your lenses can do stuff. I I think that this seems really ridiculous. And one of the things I was talking to Joel about was how cool will it be. When we are able to use generative AI to command exactly the environment we want to be sitting in right now, it seems to me that games are on the precipice of changing in a way that most people could never even comprehend when you can say, I want to sit in a, a beautiful field in uh, Switzerland. I want to see the Alps in the background, and I want there to be a big lake right here and a river, yeah. and give me a palm tree for no reason. And like <laughs> you're, you're going to be able to sit in these worlds that you just concocted, dude. It makes me think, bro. It really makes me think that we probably are living in some sort of simulation where yeah. we are this bi synthetic bio algorithm of some sort that some advanced OG because. We can create stuff like this now, dude. And like, yep. and we've only been in the industrial revolution for 250 years. Like, <laughs> what? Like, yeah, it's getting like. crazy. In fact, when you just said that, it reminded me of another tool that I don't know if you guys have tried. Have you, have you seen Blockade Labs yet? What's the so website? Blockade Labs is a text-to-3D environment. So you okay. prompt anything you want. So what you were just saying, you want to be in a field with trees and flowers or whatever – you prompt it, it will prompt a 360 degree thing that you can actually like move around and look around in, and it's free to well, use. Like, you can get on there with like with Quest it right or now. something. You can get in there and look at it. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can export it and pull it into a Google into a MetaQuest if you wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, it, wow. you can import it into Unreal Engine, use it as your 3D environment in a video game. Um, wow, yeah, it, it works really, really good. You can type any prompt you want, and it will just generate that landscape. Oh my, Trav! Give me a uh, let's dream up something right now. Give me a world. I'll type it in. Okay, so we want an island world. Yeah. Can you can you put creatures inside of it, or is it just only the environment? You could try. Know? I don't know how well it's going to generate the creatures because it's more meant to be the sort of scenery that you then okay put three D objects like a, into. 
Okay, maybe let's do like a pirate scene or some sort, of like an island pirate treasure hunt or something. I just did. I just did an island in space. I just uh, let's okay. see. Ooh, a space island. Yeah, space islands uh, sound really cool. And just checking back here, it's uh, I, I queued up here in model scope a cute Yorkie poo playing <laughs> in the grass, and I'm number four in the queue. So I'm going to keep my mm. eye on that. Is and, that where Rufus is? Is he? Is he a Yorkie poo? Yeah, he's a Yorkie poo. <laughs> yeah, we we th- when when we rescued uh, Rufus, we thought he was a um, uh, what do you call him a schnauzer, and there's no schna mm-hmm. in him at all. Okay, there it is. There is our island in space that it just wow, created okay. for yeah, us. Yeah, there's a little drop down right next to the generate button too, where you could sort of change up the style of what you're going for as well. Oh, so if I want to make it a manga, I can do that. I can change it to dreamlike cyberpunk sci-fi fantasy lands. Let's do anime art style, and that'll yeah, just so take we're it out already there. We just don't have it where it's instantaneous where we can see it. But I mean, with that new Apple, you know, what I like to call the EyeSight Pro, yeah. I should have <laughs> called it. They totally missed it. It could have been EyeSight, and that'd have been perfect. But uh, this thing is looks phenomenal. Like this has nothing to do with crypto at all. But I mean, just the new era of spatial computing and some of the things that's going on in this space, even with like what Versus is doing and versus.ai and how they're kind of putting everything in its own little operating system and everything has its own object has its own thing like we're entering into such a unique phase in humanity that's like unlike anything that you can compare it to i think uh, yeah absolutely I, I i don't think anybody that you know claims they know where this is all going actually knows where it's all going because so far it's like People say, hey, we're going to see this in two years. And then two months later, we see the thing that they were predicting. Everything just seems to be accelerating. And the pace at which all of this is happening is just blowing my mind, honestly. It's it's like some of this text-to-video stuff, I didn't think we would see it nearly as quick as we're seeing it. There you go. There's the uh, two-second video of a Yorkie poo. Looks more like a Yorkie. Um, With with one eye. (laughs) Less like a poo. I don't see any poo there, but uh, he's he's in the grass, and this is all just AI generated. That dog doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Um, there he is. Are you familiar? Uh, have we talked all offline about verses yet, Matt? I've I've heard of verses. I don't know a whole lot about it, honestly. So uh, I had an opportunity to speak with Dan Mapes, who wrote the book on it and has been working on this technology and waiting for the right time for well over a decade. This is the next evolution of the web and the standards board. Was it the IEE something or other that decides what the web protocols are going to be that are uniform? They've already given the thumbs up on this. This is going to be rolling out and it is what they call the spatial web. And I would encourage mm. you and um, anybody who's interested in where the internet is going to go to versus.ai and read about this. They actually just released a, uh, a major uh, industry report that solves the global AI governance problem due to how this uh, their open um, platform decentralizes and democratizes everything. And uh, you can actually go to the website of Versus AI, look for this press release that was done with Denton's US. Denton's is the world's largest um, law firm, I believe, that deals with technology. And so uh, it's kind of a big deal. And I, I think that, you know, if we keep an eye on that, we might be ahead of the curve on what's coming next. Yeah. So is Spatial Web the sort of rebranding of the word metaverse? Uh, spatial web is, is 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it, re it really is. The spatial web is, you know, we've been talking about the Internet of Things and what that's going to mm. be like with everything being interconnected for years. But, you know, devices don't necessarily talk to one another. If you're in the, you know, like the Philips ecosystem, you can control your all your home devices from one app. But that doesn't necessarily talk to the LG stuff. And the spatial web is going to give ID to everything where it becomes completely interoperable and yet democratized and private. And I wish I could say I fully understand it. We're going to have Dan Mapes on a future episode of uh, Bad Crypto to talk about this because it's mind-blowing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I kind of feel like, you know, metaverse was the big term of 2022, but then I feel like Facebook kind of killed it. You know, Facebook turned it into like a, a term your grandpa uses kind of thing. And now nobody wants to say metaverse. <laughs> I just went to the Augmented uh, World Expo a couple weeks ago in Santa Clara. And the entire time, nobody mentioned the word metaverse once. And the whole thing was about AR and VR and mixed reality. And the word metaverse wasn't brought up once except for ironically right like nobody was using that term anymore in that space at all um and i think a lot of that has to do with 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 facebook's rebrand and then nobody wanting to use that term anymore but um yeah it, it, i i still think that there's a metaverse coming i just don't think it's what a lot of people thought the metaverse was going to be a couple of years ago i think it's less of the ready player one where everybody is sort of all grouped together and you can bump into random people anywhere at any time. And because that to me, it feels kind of awkward, right? I have, I have a meta quest. I've gotten into the meta horizon thing. I've played these video games and I wander around and bump into random people. And to me that it's, it's awkward. It just, it feels uncomfortable to be like running into random people all over the place. I think what Apple's version of it is it's more, you're, the metaverse is you sort of joining your family members, joining your friends. I can have somebody sitting across from me in the room that lives in New Zealand, that lives in Puerto Rico, that lives, you know, wherever. But we feel like we're in the same room having a conversation or, you know, playing, you know, uh, Cards Against Humanity against each other in virtual reality. I think that's more where the metaverse is going to go. And I think it's also more what, like, the general population would want from a metaverse but I don't know. You guys have been in that world deeper than I have. So you probably <laughs> have opinions yeah. on it. Well, even when you look at it, you know, and you think about, oh, the metaverse is so huge. And then you're like, wait a second. I read that Decentraland has like on average 38 act daily active users or some <laughs> crazy like that. So it's like it's almost like it was kind of forced upon us. It seemed like it's like, no, we're going to look. You're going to love the metaverse. Here it is. <clears throat> and, uh, and so I think as a by proxy, it kind of damaged the term Web3. And it's like, is Web3 is really, it's like, here is this new tech. We're kind of really in Web 2.5 right now. It's not mm -hmm. quite a Web3. Maybe that new Web3 is this sort of spatial uh, technology land. What What is that term, Joel? I, I was looking for it. I can't find it. But it's like, it's not AI. They have another term that's AI. That's like, but it's it's similar to artificial intelligence, but it's some other term. I can't, I, I was looking for it. I can't find it. Because it's a really interesting way to sort of look at sort of uh it's not augmented it's something else i don't know did you, did you ask chat gpt because they, they might know i did not i did not ask that but i probably should i was literally searching on it because i saw it on versus.com before but then they've changed their website so i don't see that term they were saying before but anyways it is it is really fascinating this this world and where we're headed in this sort of merger of all of these things into one and i think you do such a great job of just like because it's like you you 
you're kind of like us, where we've always said with crypto, we're not experts. We are going to explore this mm-hmm. stuff and then teach you along the way. And I think you've done a really great job of capturing the soul and spirit of this all. And you're like, I'm not an expert. I'm not going to create a course. I'm just going to show you. And it's what I love about what you do, dude, is that most people don't open up the kimono like you do and say, oh, here's exactly how I like I asked you on Twitter one day. I said, hey, dude, I suck at OBS. How do I make myself in a circle? And you're like, oh, you need to do that. Yeah. Like, dude, thanks, bro. And now I figured out how to make myself in a little hexagon. And I'm, I'm getting Perfect. better at OBS. So it's like, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. You're so open, man. And not a lot of people are. Yeah, I mean, I try to be. I, I, I've, I've never. I mean, it's probably partially imposter syndrome, but I've never really felt like an expert in any of the stuff I do. I feel like I'm just kind of learning it with everybody else. You know, I'm not, I'm not a machine learning engineer. I'm not somebody who has built any of this AI stuff myself. I'm not a coder. I'm not. You know, I've gotten better at crafting prompts in ChatGPT, but. Um, you know, I don't know how a lot of this stuff runs behind the scenes. I'll do interviews with people who are developing these models and half the conversation is over my head. I'll go and listen to the interview back and type into chat GPT. What does this mean after I did the interview? Because Dude. half the words they use, I don't know. <laughs> That's the story of our lives. And, and you're not an imposter at all. I mean, you, you're fascinated with the space. You're covering it. And people depend upon real people. That are engaged. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons that bad crypto took off is we didn't come in and say, hey, we're experts. We're pointy heads. We get this. We're curious. Are you curious? Are you crypto yep. curious? Come with us and let's let's discover together. And that's real because the the world needs ombudsmen, right? It needs shepherds. Uh, we're, we're the Sherpa Derpas. You know, we, we <laughs> love bringing people on the journey and, and introducing to them to this. So you, you told me before we uh, started... Um, the interview that you dabbled with NFTs a little bit. Mm-hmm. You haven't gone too deep into it, but I'm curious, what did, what did you dabble in? What did you, what caught your attention? So most of what caught my attention, so I'm, I've always been a gamer and what caught my attention was most of the metaverse gaming NFT stuff. Um, there was a, a wave there where I was really, really into uh, Solana NFTs. I thought a lot of the gaming world was going to be Solana um, you know, I liked the transaction fees. I liked the experience of using Phantom. Um, you know, there was some issues with Solana. I don't even remember the whole story, but didn't they have something to do with um, FTX? FTX, yeah. So they were involved with FTX, and that sort of uh, hurt Solana quite a bit. But I was I was really into the the gaming space. There was a game that was coming out called Synergy Lands that I was an investor in. Um, there was, uh, you know, I was I was playing with Alluvium and Star Atlas mm-hmm. and um, Phantom Galaxies. And there's a lot of games coming out that really got me excited that that was more the world that I played in. I had some NFTs that, um, you know, have some utility. I think actually one of the first NFTs I had was the Blockchain Heroes NFTs that, that Joel sent me no and my co-host yeah. uh, Joe. That was one of our first entries into the NFT world. And I still hold all of those as well. So I still have those. Um, there's Joe and, and I back there. There is our little NFT where I was fighting Sooth and Sayer. Yeah. There we are. That's yeah, yeah. So which, I've got uh, those NFTs. Which I'll I'll release this little tidbit for the first time um, mm-hmm. to those who are paying attention. There may be a blockchain heroes game on the way. Anyhow, that's all I'll by, say about. By the way, by the way, I realize what the term is. It's active inference. 
So mm. it's like artificial intelligence versus active inference. And I did use ChatGPT, and it says active inference is a theoretical framework that is used in the fields of neuroscience, cognitive science, and AI. It is based on the premise that living organisms, including humans and by extension AI systems, act to minimize the difference between their expectations and sensory input. In other words, they act to reduce the uncertainty about their environment based on their internal model of the world. So it's like, that's kind of what versus is, is it's using active inference where it's that framework for things versus just artificial intelligence, which can be all these large language models or any of these other things that's doing. It's sort of the framework behind it all, mm -hmm. which is one of the terms that they use, but I, I couldn't find it on their website. And it's still AI is an acronym. So, <laughs> so yeah, you can that, still say AI true. and be like, no, I didn't mean artificial intelligence. I mean, active inference. Matt, Clearly. if you want to, you, uh, if you want to use this one instead, you can. The astounding cyberspace savant, prodigy of technological exploits, virtuoso of AI's delights, and grand poobah of digital discovery. <laughs> yeah, that one's got a better ring to it. I think I like that one better. <laughs> grand poobah AI. It rolls off the tongue better. <laughs> So do you, uh, are, are you like us? Do you just kind of roll with it and whatever happens, whatever opportunities open up, you explore, or do you have like a master plan for what you want to do and where you're going? I would say it's sort of somewhere in between, right? I, I, I sort of roll with it on a daily basis. As far as like longer term, I kind of know where I want to end up, um, you know, future tools. It is it is something that in the future I see probably exiting. When I built it, I didn't, right? It was just a mm. sort of weekend project, but I've actually already had people reach out, ask if I'd be interested in selling it. So yeah. now it sort of is in the back of my mind that maybe I'll, you know, two years from now, that will be sort of my retirement if I do decide to sell it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I really, I, I love just creating content, right? I love finding new, I, I, I'm a gadget guy. I buy every gadget that comes out. I've got drones, I've got VR headsets, I've got AR headsets, I've got, I buy everything, right? I'm gonna get an Apple Vision Pro. Um, and so I think over time, my channel on YouTube may sort of evolve into more tech with an AI leaning focus. But, you know, I, I, I sort of aspire to be like a Marquez Brownlee, you know, <laughs> sort well, of com crossed with Corridor crew. Like that's sort of my vision oh, for nice, where I want to nice. take this. Have you ever thought of uh, writing a book? It seems to me if you if you have already, you may have, I don't know. Have you written a book? I, yeah, I wrote a book on WordPress. Already. Yeah, I wrote a book on WordPress um, years and years and years ago. Uh you know, but that was that was before I had AI to assist me with writing a book. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, it you seems know, like you're the guy uh, who could probably, with with the popularity of the site and the offers that you're already getting, you could probably become mm -hmm. an even more powerful voice in the AI space with a book. Yeah, definitely something that I've I've thought about. And in fact, that what I would the angle I'd probably approach it as is um, there was this really good book in the marketing world of called oh shoot what's it called but it was by this guy joel com and it was like the history of like the digital marketing world to like where it was when the book was was written click i was here to order about, click here to order that? it was called yeah, click, click here, here to order, order. That's it. i actually have it on my bookshelf but i was just drawing get out ah, <laughs> <that's funny. laughs> but i was thinking of like that kind of idea but for the ai space of almost like sort of a retelling of the story of ai i just got to figure out at what point do i feel it's right to tell this story because at a point where like the history makes the most sense. You know what? Let's have this conversation offline. I, I, I've got the publisher for you and I could help. I could help make this happen for you. Um, yeah, that'd be great. That, that is something that I've thought about doing because that that is one way I see the YouTube channel is 
you know, a lot of people ask, okay, you're making news videos. There's not a lot of longevity to that, but I almost see the YouTube channel as like this time capsule of AI. You can go back to this channel two years from now and see at any date, like here's what was going on in the AI world at that time. And so a book would probably follow that sort of same logic. Here's the beautiful thing about answering the question of when to do it immediately, because one of the things that most authors don't have is the hook to build the relationship with the reader and keep them coming back. Yours is built in. You want to know what's next. You have to come here to the site to keep getting your updates. This That's is true. where this yeah. is where your future chapters are all at. It's true. And actually, you could do something with like a book.io, like with what I'm doing with the project, and release it a chapter at a time. Right? It doesn't you don't have to release the whole book anymore. And this is the first time that it's been done through that platform and actually has an NFT as a book by the chapter, mm -hmm. which is a really fun, unique kind of a thing to do. I thought I was like, dude, Charles Dickens did this back in the day and nobody else has released a book by the chapter. And it's like, as you sort of, you know, finish up one and go, all right, I'm done with this one. You don't have to wait six months until the whole book is done. You're like, boom, you drop that and you build that community out as you go. Now, this is bad crypto, by the way. And so I want to I want to tap into your brain because one of the things that that Joel and I have been thinking about and talking about is, dude, AI plus some crypto related projects. There's going to be a couple of them that just go cat that just go stratospheric sort of ba boom like. And I, you know, I look at it and I go, is it twin protocol? Cause they're doing the digital twin stuff. And I've been mm -hmm. chatting with those guys. They're doing some cool stuff. There's some other potential AI and crypto things. Like what are some of the things, or maybe how is it that you're looking at it that maybe other people can do their own research to maybe find something that's AI and crypto related for them? Yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot about the you know what's going on with the the crossover of ai in crypto but i do know that there is uh there there's a need for that sort of um i'm i'm drawing a blank on the term but like people are creating a lot of really really cool stuff with ai but they need to be able to put it on the blockchain to sort of verify the ownership of it and so i think I think there is a need for the the sort of crossover of blockchain and AI for creators in the very least where you create stuff and then you put it on a blockchain. I know uh, Midjourney, right? The very popular art tool. They, when they first started um, launching Midjourney, one of the things that they did when they first started was almost like every piece of art that they were generating, they were putting it on OpenSea for people to purchase early art that was made from Midjourney. So you can actually get on OpenSea and find some of the earliest stuff that Midjourney ever generated. Well, and internally, they were working on it internally, and then they said, hey, we did this. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, Midjourney cool. themselves, the uh, the founder is uh, David Holtz. He um, he was basically running like an open C account where he was taking some of the first art to ever come out of Midjourney and put it on there. Um, so I, I do think there's there's some, you know, need for that. Also, you know, coming back to the gaming space, I felt like for the longest time that blockchain and gaming were just like this match made in heaven. I still believe that. I think that, you know, having digital asset ownership for games is really, really a, a great use case. It, it, like for all of the use cases of blockchain, I still think gaming is one of the easiest to grasp, one of the easiest to understand. If you earn an item in a game that took you a hundred hours to earn that item, you know, put it on the blockchain and then let me like resell that item to somebody else if I want to, or, um, you know, I, I, let me, let me hang it in my metaverse bedroom so other mm -hmm. people can see it. 
I, I really think that's, that gaming crossover is there. And, you know, there, there's platforms out there like Ready Player Me that allow you to create your own avatar for the metaverse that's your own lookalike that you can, you know, then mint on the blockchain. So it's yours. It's only you. So, you know, that that's sort of where my head tends to go when it comes to blockchain. I think the the stuff that I've sort of soured to over the years when it comes to crypto is the the very sort of like financial quick riches make a lot of money really oh, fast by, you know, buying and selling coins. A lot of that kind of narrative. I used to be a lot more into it. I used to trade a lot of coins. I used to do a lot of stuff with the DeFi world. And I got burnt on so many different projects in the DeFi world that a lot of that stuff I've sort of soured to over the years. But I still see that crossover of like gaming and blockchain being like just that perfect marriage, in my opinion. You're you're completely right. We're building. We've got multiple things happening in the gaming space. We're definitely not giving up. A lot of, you know, a lot of people have given up um especially during the bear market and and uh you know my son uh zach with draco dice he has persisted and we are so close mm -hmm. to releasing the game that he promised he refused to stop because he promised people who bought these nfts that they were oh, going to yeah. get these games and so you know we're working on that we're working on the blockchain heroes game and imagine this matt the time and the future where you earn this item in a game and whether it's through a platform that it can cross over to other games or whether it's through the manufacturer, that that sword that you earned in game A can also, you have the NFT that automatically triggers it to be able to be used in game B, C, D, E, and add infinite items. So now if you get done playing a game or they retire that game, that item that you have lives on. And that's, that's yeah. value. And that is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Take your master or even that sword from Zelda over somewhere else. Be like, I'm gonna yeah. go kill something over here. Or even that sort of like crossover collaboration where maybe it's not that sword, but anybody who owns this sword gets X special item in this game, right? Where it can look at your wallet and see, oh, you have that sword. Well, because you have that sword, you now get this item in this game, right? So I can verify that you have that thing and give you this thing. So not 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 only just being able to bring that item over, but the sort of verification that you own this item, so that you can get this item in this game. Dude, that's like marketing. That's like a that's like a great sort of a PR thing. It's like, dude, I know that this guy over here spent a hundred hours to get mm. this particular item. This is a power user that we want on our platform. Yep. And so finding a way to sort of cross pollinate that, it makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Yep. For sure. Well, hey, Matt, we really appreciate you coming in and uh, taking your time with us today. The website, Matt Wolf with an E on the end, dot com mm -hmm. is where you want to go. And of course, uh, ChatGPT has given us all kinds of great titles for him. Matt Wolf, <laughs> the ineffable oracle of technological delights, sovereign of AI's vast dominion, and sultan of innovation's magnificence. <sighs> That's you, Matt. Thanks for uh, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been so much fun. Love the show. A whole new world, a whole new life. Da, da, da. AI is blowing up, and I don't know what the fuck. What do you do? What is, what, why? <laughs> it's a whole new world, man. The world has changed so the much for this. Dude, like literally, when we started Bad Crypto six years ago, bro, seriously, and we're going, Okay, crypto is the new, and then like, look at where we are now. Can you even imagine six years from now? 
like where things are going to be like it, it, it's mind-boggling to me uh, yeah matt matt was great really fun talking to him and uh, and i am in conversation with uh, dan mapes to get him from versus like dudes once he comes on the show he is going to blow our minds uh, he provides so much depth in where the technology is going and more than that he is so optimistic about the future because of the technology that they've built and when you just you, you're not going to be able to come away from this interview and not feel optimistic so that's yep. coming soon i just messaged him again and hoping that he'll schedule something with us shortly uh, meanwhile we promised you guys an nft as we speak matt wolf is working on something unique that we are going to deliver to you guys through the Bad Crypto Network at badcrypto.uncut.fm. And the NFT, if you already hold a Bad Crypto Nifty Club membership card, like you see here on the screen, that's spinny, you're going to get this as an airdrop for free. Um, and we're going to do that a few days after this episode releases. If you don't have one of these and you want to go to badcrypto.uncut.fm, or uncut.network, they're both uh, lead to the same place now, and pick one of these up for the bargain basement price of 0.002 ETH, which translates currently to $3.47, and then you'll be in the community with uh, 643 other members. And this is going to be a cool NFT because Matt himself is going to create it, and he does mm -hmm. badass stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there's some people who are in the the bad crypto podcast, or the bad nifty club. And there was the bad AI one that we done. So we there's a bunch of people that's in the community, but this one is right here is the one that you want because you can't actually get the bad AI one because it's not for sales. Nobody you weren't, you weren't bad enough. Uh, you but bad. you know, if you enjoyed going down the AI rabbit hole, then do check out the other podcasts, bad AI dot show, or just go to you know iTunes or Google Play or Spotify. Just look for the bad AI show and you'll see our faces and go subscribe and follow. That means a lot to us when you do that. We lo of course love reviews, especially if they're of the five star breed mm -hmm. and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the show. Anything else, Sir Lord Travis? No, you're going to make sure that it's ours because it'll, it'll have that sort of Mr. Beast. Have you ever noticed everyone of Mr. Beast thumbnails is like, so we're right. like wide open happy excited uh it's great to be back folks uh we appreciate you make sure that uh, if you want to communicate with us there's a lot of different places you can do it bad crypto podcast at gmail.com yeah uh, you can even send us a phone call at that number i don't even remember the number it's been so long since i've said that. i know the oh, number that number that number is 708-885-9030 708-885-9030 our yeah. ai uh, answer bot is standing by for you 24 7 365 366 and leap years yeah and you know what we're coming up on episode 700 so maybe we make that another fun audience episode where you call in leave a message if you didn't get the number just rewind it there's a little button on your thing you can rewind it about 30 seconds and hear the number again write it down and uh, give us a call let us know what you think Tell us how great we are or how much, how bad we are or whatever, or who you want us to talk to or how we've impacted you, whatever we'd love to hear. Thank you so much for everything. And until next time, go. Stay back.
Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.